Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of Nerds in the City. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, here. Yeah. I'm here with our your, our three hostess with hosts, the mostest with the most. <laughs> uh, it's Ricky, Tony, Nick. <laughs> Nick does have, have, have a Nick today. He's like Nico Damas. Nick Damas. Today's just a like, Nick. Nick. <laughs> you don't know how just powerful that is, bro. Straight to the hey, point. Man. Powerful. Nick. Do you guys have a good week this week? <laughs> yeah, very tiring. Long weekend. Uh, Long worth week. It's worthwhile weekend, but yeah. Was yeah, we actually fun. we did a lot this week, so just wait for that conversation. But <laughs> um, so let's just get right into it. It's some uh, hot news of the week. Uh, so the first one, Robert Patterson as a potentially our new Batman. Potentially. How do we feel, guys? Um, well, I know we, me and Nick talked about it, and they were the only one that would work, if you agree with me, would be the Batman Beyond like series well, if they do it. That I'm, I'm and it's skeptical. not going to be that. We know well, it's I mean, not. Okay, I'm, <laughs> skeptical. I'm still skeptical about it either way because he's not that young. It's not, I mean, Marvel Patterson is younger, but right. I mean, younger than most actors that, that play the role, but he's not like a teenager. McGinnis in the, in the comics and all in the show, really, it was, uh, he was, he was in high school. So yeah. even if you want to go college age, yeah, Robert Patterson's not, is that even age. that? No, but it would have to be like an established, he's already like, at that point, I don't even know they're going to do an intro, like introduction but, show or like how they did the Spider-Man. I think people are just tired of that. They're just going to fast forward that you're already established. On your first like leg of being a superhero, and but then it, it's not even established because I'm, I'm sorry, I hope for this. It was that it's not even that the people are tired of it, is it that like you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, the guy who did uh, Dark Knight, um, Nolan, Nolan did a great job of creating the first day year one style Batman. So it's like, why are we gonna have somebody who kind of looks younger than the than, than you know that actor? Uh, and that's what I'm saying. The first thing everybody's gonna think about is gonna be another like young Batman. But you already have an established story for young Batman. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know if they're gonna see. That's a... we don't know what story they're gonna tell. What they're gonna oh. do? Like it... it's gonna be like a year two, year one. Yeah. Is it it's... gonna be like his days learning? But see, that's what I'm saying. They... Like we don't know. I just feel like basically where you got Gotham just ended all these different shows. Like it feels like everything is about. How he became Batman or how he started off as Batman, but we've had enough of that story. Like Tony said, like we just by this point we needed an established Batman. Which I mean, at the time, that's why I was really excited about Ben Affleck because he was bringing a seasoned Batman role to it, which is something we really needed. But now that's not going to happen, or it's not going to continue happening. So, and I mean, and nothing against Robert Pattinson because I, I mean, from what I've seen or heard, he he is a great actor. It's just that the only thing people really know him for is Twilight. So that's all he's going to be accredited for when it comes into this. But I'll be honest with you. Think about us growing up with Michael Keaton, Batman, when we first started. I'm sure people were ripping on him. That's the thing. That's the, you know, that's the number one thing there. I don't think no yeah. one has ever been happy with the casting of Batman. Until the movie <laughs> ever, comes out. Ever. Ever. Or, or anybody. Like Until I was telling. So we found this out as soon as we got out of the John Wick yeah. Like, as soon as we finish, uh, we turn on our phones and, like, <laughs> Batman has potentially been cast as yeah. this guy. So, <laughs> I remember we were all like, what? Is Batman going to sparkle now? Yeah, he's going to sparkle. Like, after we said that, there was a meme the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I remember telling them, I was like, you know, when Chris Evans was casted as Captain, I remember I was like, no, he's too funny. 
to be Captain America. He you always know? played that goofy role. Yeah, yeah he was yeah, that. He was the Human Torch, which was which was actually the way he played it was what was you expect, like, expected it to be like. Yeah, right. which and now I'm out, like, not like that actually. Yeah, and now it's like I I don't want to see anybody else play Captain America because Chris <laughs> Evans <laughs> is Captain, Captain America. America. He owned the so, role. Yeah, he took he took that he took that role and like to the, made it his own. Made it his own. He created right. And that's why every time there's always a casting news, I'm always like, I'm not going to bash it until I see it. Yeah, the same thing even happened with with Heath Ledger as the Joker. Yes. That that was one of the biggest ones. Other than than, uh, Michael Keaton as Batman, because of social media at the time... Well, there wasn't any at no, that time. No, there wasn't at yeah. the time. No, I'm saying with the social media at the time when, when Heath Ledger was announced as the Joker, people were like, he's like a heartthrob. Like, he just yeah. came off of, like, 10 Things I Hate About You just and, recently <laughs> when they got announced. And Night's Tale. And, and Night's Tale, which is a great movie, by the way. Yeah. But people were like, we can't see that. And then he comes in and kills that role. I mean, literally, literally he, he kind of died for the role. Yeah. Like, he, absorbed, <laughs> he absorbed that role. I mean, and I mean, like, when well, you said Michael Keaton, the reason I always say Michael Keaton is because... We we are older, so it's it's different. I mean, we're younger, so than the people that came out during that time. If you think about it, but think about his filmography before back Batman. His filmography was just him as a comedic. Think Mr. about Mister uh, Mom. Mister Mom. You know, uh, Gung Ho. Whatever that that one car movie was. He was always like this jokester person. He's always that person. So for him to to take on such a serious role as Did Batman, he do Beetlejuice before. Or after? Yeah, it was like well. I think it was before. Oh, think, see? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You see all these roles where he's just like this super comedic role. That makes sense. That's probably when Tim Burton's like, hey, come and be my Batman. I know. But, but <laughs> I mean, and nothing against him. Trust me, everybody does a good job. But I, I still get upset because you have actors that fit the role but way better. If You put like this. Nothing against, let's say, for example, like Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, right? She did an amazing job with the role. But then you think about some certain actresses that I think, you know, have the look or, or might bring a different element or something closer to what we, we, we see in the comics. And we know we're never going to get that because they chose against it. So it, that's something that, that bothers is like, man, these other people, we don't know how good they were going to be. Don't get me wrong. The people who have done it, if they did a great job, we give more credit in the world. They did a great job. Wonderful. But then we won't ever know if these other people who we see maybe more personify the characters are never going to be able to take that role now because those other people took it. So that's where people get salty about it. And I, and I, and I understand, but you're right. Once it's established, once we have it's out of our hands, you just got to hope that they do a good job. Yeah. So once again, people are very salty. So on the <laughs> Internet, of course, a petition has started. Oh, yes. And speaking of petitions, let's talk about Game of Thrones real quick. So Game of Thrones, that petition, have you guys heard about this? I heard yeah, about it, yeah. A rewrite of the whole series. Of the, of whole, the whole season. season. It's at a one million sign. <laughs> one million That's people signed insane. this petition. People Come on, guys. I get it. But, uh, I totally get it. You know what? But come on. No, but the funny thing is, is... And I, the artists make stuff, and unfortunately, yeah, it's it's all of ours to a certain degree because we all enjoy it. But when an artist makes something, we just have to take it the way it is. Now, it might not be what we want it to be, but we just kind of have to take it's what they're going with it. Listen, every show has something that everyone's going to hate. There's, I don't think there's ever a show that is like, yep, that was great, that everyone says, like, agreed. Yeah. Well, of course not, because 
please, even a good show, let's say a TV show, not even the Game of Thrones, let's say a regular TV show that everybody loves, and everybody they give all the audience what they want, which is usually the people they love not to not to get written off or die or whatever. But then you end up with shows that should have ended a long time ago, even though you love them. Now, where does it go? And then you you risk such a really bad ending if you allow it to go whatever direction that just appeases you. So the only thing I can say to people that that don't like the way it's going is, and nobody's gonna listen to it, stop watching. Pretty true. That's the only like, thing that dictates what's gonna change. Is, yeah, uh, but that's viewership. the thing. People were like, "Oh, it's different from the books." But they they went off books after chapter like season five or six. Yeah, well, they went off the books. Well, so they 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 um they were just going with what they thought was right, and maybe the story arc was like, "Oh, that story arc doesn't look like it was going ahead in that direction." Like that's why they wrote it that way because they're gonna give you something unpredictable that you don't expect. Like you feel like, "Oh, it's gonna be a routine." Everybody wins at the end. Like no, like from the season one. Like no, nobody's gonna, nobody's safe, and we're gonna let them go how we feel. They really established that in the first season, man. When they yeah. when they did the whole thing with well, they, uh, this is the thing. Like so, they told you from the get, nah, yeah. nobody's safe. So I, out of all of us, I'm the one no, that yeah, watches the, the most. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of and course. you yeah. know we do have something in the works. So mm-hmm. just hang on with us a little bit longer yeah. <laughs> for Game of Thrones, but. I understand where people are upset. I totally get it. The story is def like the writing is not as good as it's known to be. Yeah. Okay. And like the characters, these characters earned almost everything. And then, then this season, it, it's kind of like, uh, let's just put them there and finish it off. Like I'm so if this, if this season was more than six episodes, I think it would, be better for the show. Yeah, because so, it wouldn't have been rushed. Or if all of them were like full length movie, like they said they were, might be. Okay, oh, so let me ask a question. So movie episodes? Yeah, oh, yeah. Because I mean, they are like like like, to, like the last episode is about eighty minutes, I think, and the one before that. But well, let, let me ask something because this is an interesting. So are people? Because I had spoken to different people that are really into the show as well, and they're telling me it's not necessarily the direction that they're upset with it's the like the writing uh, as far as get to basically people use they used to tell the story in a very intricate way and now they feel like they're just just changing up without giving you kind of a foreshadowing of it right people are changing things based on their own how they are in the whole show without giving a good foreshadowing to lead into that is that what it is so it's not the direction it's just how they're yeah it kind of is like that um so but i don't feel I feel like the writing was weaker, like Ricky was saying, than um, the last couple seasons, and it, it shows. But I'm not like, like like how we were saying that Ricky watches. He's like, I'm we we catch up, like me and you. We we watch as we catch up, and we're we're not solely invested. Like we watch the episodes, but we're not like like the episodes look good to me. Mm-hmm. But for the writing, like. I, when you look back at it, when you like rewatch some of the seasons, because I was rewatching some of the seasons, catching up on other things, because mm-hmm. I like some certain seasons, the writing is weak, and it's it is. And this it is, is the thing: the episodes, though, they're filmed and the the way the visually, it is excellent. It's like the top. Oh, like the episodes themselves are fantastic. Like, I thought. like one of the, my favorite scenes before that one was the the hound versus the mountain. Yeah, that. Which, me, I showed Nikki that they somebody redid it like uh, uh, Dark Souls with the live bar, the life bars. Yeah, no, it's 
you can't complain about the visual, the way they film the thing. And honestly, if you're if you're not that big of a fan, it's it's been a hell of a season. It's just yeah. it's been like what eleven years that these people have been doing these roles, doing these yeah. roles, watching these characters die or change, grow up. Yeah. So I understand. And it's the same thing that happened to the Star Wars franchise as well. Like, all our lives we grew up with Luke, Han, and then for the new, you know, version, they kind of mistreated those characters, yeah. I feel. Oh, yeah, they did. You know? Truly. And <laughs> and I totally get that. So, it's going to be interesting because now the writers, the showrunners of Game of Thrones, they're going to be the next... They're, they're pending, they're pending the, the next Star Wars series. Yeah. They're gonna write the next Star Wars series. So, so now since yeah. I'm sorry, since since they were that petition goes up and they were like, oh, they're announced as the new show. They were like, oh my god. Well, here's the thing. So I'm not upset about this because they're not dealing with characters as of right now because we don't know anything. They're not dealing with characters that are well known. That are penned or in a book. Yeah, they're not it's, dealing with Han. Jet, who knows what they're dealing with? They're they're just doing Star Wars. So yeah. they could do whatever they want. So I'm like, yeah, you know what? They're good. Yes, they probably messed up this season. But they're good writers. Like, they're good... Showrunners. Showrunners. Yeah, and that's the thing. And that's one thing that... Um, that with Even with um, Game of Thrones is that there were books prior to the show coming out. So you already had established fans right. coming into this expecting to see Ned Stark a, a certain way. Arya, Jamie. Cersei, Daenerys, like right. they all were already established in the book form. So you were trying to translate it into film, which it does take some time because there's a lot of information being processed. And you got to see what works and like what something, doesn't, yeah. what kind of chemistries. But now that they're handed a clean slate, like nothing with the Star uh, Skywalker saga is going to be incorporated. Maybe they touch a, give a Easter egg or two. I could see that. Yeah. But it's gonna completely storyline with nobody that has an established light. Like exactly. Established it's gonna be story. fresh. All they really need is just maybe a t- the tone. And yeah. it needs to feel like Star Wars. Regardless of it. regardless of this last season, obviously the writers, if they're the same writers from this whole the whole the whole show run of the show. Yeah. They're still obviously good because you that's how you got into Game of Thrones in the first place. So, however, they treated this last one, and the thing is, I was wondering the petition. The, the petition. So, what is the petition really threatening? Because the show's ending. So yeah, it's, and you this can't is the thing. Stop like, watching the show at this point. And this is the thing. So yeah, so it's a million people signed it. It costs like three hundred million to do a whole season. Like yeah, hey, you're gonna have to pay every actor. <laughs> it's not back, happening. Production. Them. Yeah, at this so. point, it's just to troll, and it's just to show, I guess, HBO or the. The writers but it doesn't just show, show them that hey, people are mad. Yeah, so they just want them to redo the whole season. Why are you mad, son? Not even episodes. That, like, like I mean, hey, like oh, we'll take episodes one and two, but you need to redo the battle of winter. We're like, no, they're like, we want the whole season redone. I'm like, what? I, mean, I, I, think I want that Starbucks cup really... back in there. Like, no, you're not gonna get that. Sorry. Yeah, Starbucks cup. <laughs> well, yeah. So that's Game of Thrones. Uh, the finale is airing soon. So. It's going to be interesting where it ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other news that happened this week in the comic book world. So Jonathan Hickman, who's a big time writer in the comic world, he's taken over X-Men in July. Yeah. yeah. So X-Men right now, ever since Fox kind of like bought them, they've been trash. The comics have been trash. You don't really see them anywhere. 
Like it's, it's crazy because at okay. one point you saw Wolverine everywhere. Oh, so let me ask you about that. So I mean, Fox only owned the movie rights. Not yeah, the, but the thing is, they owned the movie rights, but Marvel didn't want to promote. So they gave them little trash comic books so that they. Would I mean, they trash didn't, movies. but <laughs> they they didn't focus. Okay. On yeah, X Men because they from what I, I don't know I, what I heard or through yeah through Reddit and other things it was like that um, Marvel was limiting the source material that X Men could use on their current comic books because they were like oh you already have old comic books like that's why people were like oh that's why they're doing the Dark Phoenix saga all over again because they're not giving good source material that people can latch onto right. So that's that's and like I said when I worked at the when, when I worked at the comic book store you see this you see at one point X Men books were the highest selling and now they're uh, yeah, not they even were, close to the highest is that where they really got into the only Inhumans thing yes yeah yep and that's why Inhumans because that was like the MCU's answer because they didn't know they were gonna get. 20th Century Fox. So yeah. they're like, yeah. oh, that's right. So they're going to focus on another B-line. And then C-line. all the comics were like inhuman based. And, you know, they were the main characters of a lot of like summer stories. And crossovers but it didn't work. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> so now now Jonathan Hickman. Yeah, Jonathan Hickman's huge. Um, he does comics like East of West. And um, he. Um, one of the guys. East of West. Yeah. If you haven't read it, read it. Yeah, it's really Get good. It. And he's he's very so he's basically the guy who created uh, the Black Order, so oh. you know Thanos is bad guys. That's yes. his story. So he did all that, um, but he what he does is he does long arc stories. Like like if you get issue one, whatever happens at issue one at issue fifty is going to be relevant still. Wow, it's, yeah. it's like over yeah. So he does long, so long time long arcs. So I think long arcs usually last a hundred. Yeah, I mean, he, who knows how long, but so he, he has a bi-weekly comic book, two mm-hmm. comics. It's called like The Power of X, and then there's another one I forgot. But it's such a big deal that all the current X-Men books are going to be canceled. Yep. yep. So they're doing a fresh boot, reboot. So they're going to release these 12-issue books. Bi- the bi-weekly ones. Yeah, the bi-weekly ones. So it's every... Uh, every two weeks there's a comic, so one week and then is this two weeks is this because uh, uh, Disney? I mean, well, now the maybe it could X-Men's be. It's not confirmed, to... but it could be because now they're like, yeah, now they're gonna yeah. have now they're gonna have fresh new source material. So now after those twelve yeah. books, they're gonna release brand new books that's gonna be like X Men focused. X Men focused. That's under one current. Like regime kind of like under, line, one, yeah. under one universe and Jonathan Hickman is going to write the main one that's awesome so that's something that these books need because there's so many X books and they're all different and you're like I don't understand the timeline I don't understand the canon I don't know <laughs> yeah some of them are un- they're not canon right well they're like- yeah there's like different times and yeah it's just like we don't you don't need that the best time X-Men was good is when they had two books on Kenny X-Men and X-Men yeah Two Pretty different much. teams. You had a big event when they got together. That's it. <laughs> That's why in the nineties they ruled because of that. So huh? and, and there was more comics. There's like other mini ones that you could learn about like the younger group and but that there was always two main books. So I'm glad that it, X-Men has always been my favorite. So I'm yeah. glad that they got a fantastic writer who's a big time like superstar writer, fine you know, writing mm-hmm. an X book. So that's very exciting. 
And I don't know if you guys are going to check it out, but <laughs> I'm, definitely, I'm definitely checking it out. Yeah. So a little quick, the last big news. Uh, this is in our gaming side. Uh, PlayStation and Xbox are teaming up. Yes. Oh, we would have thought we would have said that. <laughs> Never. And I think that I've, I like, we would, I, I know we touched base on it before as the news came out is that the reason I, we feel, I feel this coming out is because the whole, Epic streaming, Steam, yep, Steam, um, Google. No, uh, is it Google? Google has St- uh, Stadia, 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 yeah. Stadia, Stadia. And Apple's coming out with their own gaming, gaming. Yeah, Apple now gaming. Netflix is doing stuff. Netflix is doing gaming. Yeah, Netflix. yeah, yeah. Netflix is going to be an E3, and they're going to have their own presentation. Yeah, about, for, uh, you know, like a gaming of thing. gaming, making games and stuff. So that's yeah. So now what? What Xbox and I think Sony are doing like we're we've been the like the, the juggernauts of this, if and we, we talked back, about this in like episode one about the streaming yeah games that everything's and, gonna go streaming. And they're what pretty much is gonna be, and I think uh, Rick is gonna get into it, is that they're gonna keep their exclusive as exclusive, like any exclusive games that go to PlayStation will go to PlayStation, anything exclusive to Xbox will go to Xbox only, but anything that's able to be cross platform like. Uh, like games we play, like Street Fighter, uh, Red Dead Redemption, yeah, Fortnite, Fortnite, uh, they all could be crossplay on one streaming service for Xbox and and. Uh, so Sony. wait, but what is? Isn't there always like an issue between those two platforms that let's say one has better, let's say better quality or different quality than the other? So like, is that really going to be a thing? Where I mean, how do you? Yeah, well, it, well it's, it's been done before. Because they do it like Street Fighter does it because you could play on PC mm-hmm. and play somebody that's on PS4. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gears of War does it for Xbox, so you could play somebody on that's on PC and they're just sharing a server yeah. because you know PC- it's it's really so. Before we go into this, so PlayStation and Xbox are teaming up to make a cloud service. So basically, they could we could all play together. Yeah, that's what they're trying, and then stream. So you could stream a game. So it kind of be like a Netflix service where you could just. All right, I want to play. Let's say, let's say Gears of War. Yeah. Right. Just for an example, and I want to stream it. I don't own it, but I could stream it, and it'll download, and I could play it like on the go. That's so interesting. I mean, it's yeah. interesting because it's the, like, that's like Coke and Pepsi, like deciding to come up with a so going, neutral flavor. So yeah. <laughs> so going back flavor, to what yeah. you said, Nick. So the problem is of the crossplay. Yeah. PlayStation has been the ones that have been the grimy ones. Like they're the ones that are like. Uh, we don't want to do that. Yeah. We want people to buy our console for you to play, yeah. not streams or like not, download. you know, not letting like, like, let's say you have a Nintendo switch and you have Mortal Kombat and I want to play you, but I have an Xbox. We could do that. Yeah. But PlayStation orders can't because PlayStation's like, no, they're just exclusive to only PlayStation. Yeah. So, so now PlayStation, it's always been the thing like, hey, PlayStation, please be more open. But they're the top selling system, video game company right now. Or yeah. Video, um, console. Comp- yeah, console. So they're like, no, we don't need it. But <laughs> I think now they're finally like, you know, we should probably. Yeah. And we could tell that they're big uh, console sellers because when we go to the gaming conventions that are like the fighting ones, they're all PS4s. Yeah, all of them. There's, there's never been an Xbox. Well, also that, because Street Fighter is exclusive to PlayStation. But oh yeah, true. But no, but like Tekken. Well, yeah. That's... So before all this, was there any other game that might have been cross-platform, like something like uh, Fortnite? 
Fortnite is the only one that's could all. Go, it could do. There's Fortnite and Minecraft, I believe, are the only I, yeah, ones they, that are all. all, all yeah, platform. because you could do mobile. You can even do mobile, PC, and PS4. Yes. I don't know if they cross platform to Xbox for that game. I think, but I I'm know pretty they, sure. I know seems like, could, it seems like it seems like uh, Fortnite is its own thing. That like you don't really hear Fortnite really being associated with any gaming system specifically. It's just Fortnite. Fortnite's its own thing. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool, exciting. You know, I'm different. I'm curious to see what it comes out of that because we talked about the whole streaming be, thing. I feel like it's gonna be they're gonna do this, and then eventually down the line they'll be like, "Oh, this is a Xbox PlayStation exclusive stream only." So meaning they won't be on Steam, they won't be on Epic, they won't be oh, on Google Game. Yeah. Well, that's why that makes sense. That, that, be, it does, not, now Steam... they could cross develop with other. They could meet up with other developers yeah. and just have. Like triple A games that people want, so like COG. They're the two biggest people, and they're gonna about to take out everybody else in the market. I mean, they could try, but Steam is. I mean, that's like a two billion. That's a huge company that came out of nowhere. I mean, they used to be a creators of games, and now they're <laughs> they don't need to create games anymore because of Pretty Steam. Much. Wow. All right, guys, and one quick news that I'm throwing in. So today we're doing this on a Sunday. It is the 20th anniversary of the Phantom Menace Star Wars Episode One, <laughs> one of my favorites. No, it's not. But no. it's still. So I'm just quick. Nick, do you remember the first time you saw that movie? I'm trying to remember like where I watched it. I remember watching. I remember the movie itself. I'm just trying to remember the like the whole setup. All right, I'll go to my story then, and you All think right. about it. Yeah. I remember my dad took me to see it, and I remember they had uh, Taco Bell had the cups. And for some reason, I I could be confused, but I just remember that we went to that Taco Bell before, and we got like a Darth Maul. Cup. Oh, okay. Remember I, those? Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember those, but I remember I was like so obsessed with this movie. And my dad bought me all the figures, like first <laughs> wave of figures. We went to a Tark. Uh, we used to have a Kmart right next to our house. Yeah. We just went there, and he just grabbed them all. It was crazy. So Phantom Menace was like truly my first Star Wars in the movie theater. Like new, so means a lot to me. You know, started so kind of what started. Started, started everything. Like I, I loved it before, and I was like big. But I think Phantom Menace was truly the one that like, yep, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> this is this is going to be a constant. Yeah. So the first time I watched it, it was so what I when I lived in uh, Massachusetts. It was in Massachusetts that happened. Um, a bunch of my friends weren't like. Nerds like they didn't like comic books. They didn't like anything Star Wars. They were just about having fun, playing basketball, playing baseball. They're very sports centric. So I had to go by myself. Or no, I didn't go by myself. I went with my sister. She took me to watch it, but she just took me because I've been begging her to go see it. So and I remember it was in some movie theater in, in South Lawrence that we went to, and it was I I didn't have the appreciation for storytelling. As much as I do now, but I remember when I watched, it, I'm like, "This is the best movie ever." <laughs> yeah, like honestly, this is this is they can get any better. So like, it's so funny. Be going quick rant. It's so funny because people, you know, say it's a bad movie or whatever, and now we I could see yes, it's not the best. You see but the I remember when I saw it when I was young, I was like, "This Darth Maul is the best." I even I think I even liked Jar Jar back then. I was like Jar Jar was funny to me. I don't know. Yeah. Now I'm like, okay, he's a little annoying, but it's Jar Jar. Like, <laughs> that's an, that's the unfortunate part about getting older. It's just like we just kind of start becoming a little bit more aware. Uh, well, not I wouldn't say aware. I just 
I felt like back then we just appreciate, and I, I try to keep that mindset. I really do, which is just appreciating something for what it is. Just enjoy it. Stop overthinking it. Enjoy it because so just yeah, enjoying exactly. the quality of the entertainment. Yeah, because there's movies that you can watch that. Yeah, whatever. You can say that there's bad things about it, but there's something about it that just it entertains you. It fulfills you. It, you walk out of the theater happy, but then you know, but. You know, we're kind of jaded at like getting older or just more knowledgeable. It's like, whoops, you know, they didn't tell our story, right? Well, I don't even know why they didn't introduce this person. We should just write a, see, I wonder if we would have read a petition about episode one when it came out. Maybe there was, who knows? It might have been for the older, older fans. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like, I think some movies just accomplish what they're supposed to, but, you know, just kind of enjoy what it is. And I also think people have come around to it. And I think people respect episode one more. Well, after they watch the, the new ones, hell yeah, they're gonna yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me now the new ones are no? I don't no, think they're not. I, mean, I wouldn't say Last that. Jedi maybe, but because <laughs> that Last Jedi divided the fans. Yeah, so, really bad. And I don't, I don't think Episode One did that. I truly no. don't. But because we were like, oh, this is their, the comeback to the whole story arc of. of what was Anakin? the first time you get one back? Like it's like that. What was it? The first time. Since the originals, yeah, yeah, I mean, this is the yeah. So people were gonna just appreciate it no matter what. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah because what? it was how many years was it? It was like eight, twenty years since the first. It was a while. So that's for one? sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the first one came out what, in the seventies, eighties. The last well, one came out in seventy nine. The last one? No, the last one was eighties. Yeah. Yeah, the last one. From, no, don't from, the first one. Oh, seventy nine. Since the series started, seventy nine, seventy eight. Um, People are killing us right now. Anyway, all right, guys, we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to talk about our movies of the week and all that good stuff, and we're going to talk about some John Wick. We'll be right back. And we're back. Nick. Yep, yep. We saw some movies, or actually, we saw a movie. Well, well, before we get into what we watched, I definitely want to talk about what we're gonna watch, like wow. things that there's true, true, true. For so, uh, the one that the biggest one I think that like as far as trailers that came out this week that really kind of like caught people's attention was Maleficent, the new Maleficent. Yeah. Which, <laughs> so, I mean, it's obviously not based on the original Sleeping Beauty storyline. Obviously, this is a what was it called, thing. Maleficent? Ain't- Fallen, no. no wow. You're just mixing genres. <laughs> Two movies. <laughs> That's the other movie we're going to talk no, about. No, it's not. It wasn't the evil, um, evil mistress. Yeah, evil mistress. Yeah, which the, the thing mistress is, of evil. Every, yeah, mistress of evil, something like that. So, <laughs> I'm not sure if they're referencing Maleficent as that person, or they're uh, um, they're referencing um, who's the other actress in there? Um, I don't know. Sleeping Beauty. No, no, uh, the the mother, the the queen that was in it. Oh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer, yes. I wasn't sure who who they're referencing as far as the, the 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 evil mistress, but uh, it looks looks big. It looks did expensive. You, did it you looks... guys see the first one? Did you see? Part I, of... I saw the first. I one. I didn't watch the first one. I'll be yeah, honest I with you, I didn't either, care so. for it. I mean, it's it's got its fan base. People love it. It just it bothered me because I don't know the way he told it. Like basically, it, not that it kept it. I don't care that it didn't keep with the original story. It just felt like. I don't know. Just something about it just really didn't click for me. I felt like basically it, it was just kind of a fan. Like basically, if anybody really cared about Angelina Jolie, this is basically a love letter to her. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know no, I think. I mean, it's a cool like looking said, character. Visually, it's a beautiful character, especially in this one because she has her wings the entire time. 
So it's, I'm sure it's going to be visually gorgeous. I just because she's I feel a like, fairy, right? Is that what it is? Well, she's a she's technically like a she's like a dragon. I I have to see part one and then we'll know. get back. And then I have to watch it. But I, don't, I think well, dude, when it came out, I was real snotty with movies. Mm-hmm. Meaning, it was like I really I was really picky of like what I'm going to go watch, and that just fell onto like eh, I don't need to watch it. Yeah, I still like I don't know what it is with me. I just like watching everything, and that's what I'm saying. The, the only reason. You could watch it, make your own assessment. Maybe I'm different. It just felt like wait, wait. Before we get, to, how many nickels do you give it? If that from Maleficent, because we can, me and Ricky can't. <laughs> so based based off your nickel, we don't want the original it, Maleficent. Yeah, well, um, what do you give it? So now we have a basis of what, what I know. Should I watch this movie? <laughs> I mean, I I would say it's a number. It was like two borderlining. Yeah, two. I will give it a two. I'm sorry. So you give it a two? Yeah, I I would say a two because it's uh. I couldn't say it's a good movie, it's, but I could pick certain things I liked about it. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Well, you know. So, guys, if you haven't watched it, Nikki gave the two Nikki's. <laughs> two Nikki's. To Maleficent. one. So. The first one. So, that yeah. gives you a precursor of what maybe could be better than the first one and improve. Or it just stays the same storyline, just repeating whatever it did in the previous ones. And it's a Disney villain. Disney villains are always like interesting and cool. Well, it's, like so. it's an anti-villain, like you. Exactly, but that's like out of nowhere now. It's like yeah. and Disney has their own Disney anti-villain. universe. Yeah, Maleficent's a Vegeta type character. A Vegeta type character. Didn't care about any of the other characters aside from that in that movie, aside from Maleficent itself. But uh, so then you have that one, and you have another sequel coming out too, which is the. Uh, was it uh, fall, uh, the, the Angel Has Fallen? The Angel Has Fallen, which is uh, which is, I think it's part three. Part yeah, it is part, part three. three. Yeah. Uh, then you have Olympus Has Fallen, and you have uh, what was there's another one? The United Kingdom has something in England, right? Ex- yeah, yeah. London Has Fallen. London yeah. Has Fallen. Olympus, Olympus Has Fallen, Olympus and then fallen. now it's Angel Has, has fallen. fallen. So that was kind of like an epic trailer, I guess, to a certain degree. It had those little weird little mini drones. That was cool, I guess. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I'm all for watching all movies, but for some reason, I never watched any of those movies. Olympus was good. I liked Olympus. I saw Olympus, yeah. I, I think, no, you know, I did watch London Has Fallen also. Um, they were both, they were just like the summer action movies that, filled, you know that filled in the block spots uh-huh. when action movies weren't like... It, it was like one of those movies that he's like, like summer was, movies just ended and now well, like, well summer movies it's in the in the, in it's the before middle the horror movies that come out in October yeah I tell me something what is it because I think this is what I didn't watch it sometimes I don't watch movies where I feel like they're just they're filling in kind of like some gap uh type a type of genre for some reason in the summers so at the same exact time there was another movie with Jamie Fox and um what's his face from um uh oh, Twenty One Jump Street um. The guy that played that wanted to play uh, uh, Gambit, uh, oh, Shannon Tatum. Shannon Tatum, Tatum and, yeah, and they were they came out I think around the same time. Exactly, they kind of have the same kind of story structure. Too. Like, like president is in danger, yeah, one like, man to save them all. That's a great topic for another time because I've been noticing there's a lot of movies that follow that. You have uh, yeah, that's always the like two, two, the, the same two movies like graduation because kind of, now it's like the graduation, so you're gonna get those movies like coming of age. Graduation, one last party. How are you going to survive? Or what two, your life is going to be at? Two natural disasters, like a volcano, and then there's Earthquake. Dante's Peak. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, what was it? The, 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 the main one with the Bruce Willis where 
he was saving the planet. Uh, Armageddon. Armageddon. Same thing that came out with Deep Impact. Deep Impact. That's the thing. I don't know. It's just like, yeah, they found like the statistic and this is the best movie to do in these times. Um, but so the, those are the two trailers. But I want to talk about the ones that we're going to be watching soon, actually. So like next week, I believe next week, all these coming out. But man, we have uh, Aladdin, which I know people are skeptical about. So that's interesting. That's going to be, be interesting. That's there's two sure. things that they're skeptical about, mostly. The way the he looks. The uh, Will Smith. Well, Will Smith. The, be looking the CGI that they have for Will yeah. Smith looking like the genie. I hate, I hate that. I hate that people are upset. Guys. It was a cartoon. We don't know how a genie looks in real life. <laughs> it's going to look fake because it is. Yeah. <laughs> Just get over it. And then the next biggest thing with that is Jafar. Because Jafar in the con- in the cartoon, he was a lot older and very menacing looking. The Jafar in this one is like a lot younger. Once again. And and he's like a lot. He's better looking. He's a better looking. Yeah. He's like people are like, he doesn't res- resemble nothing like the well, cartoon. Well, I mean, I, I do agree no, with that. And, but... and, and this, he has like the beard, everything. Yes, he has the what it would constitute. But he doesn't have that menacing look. Like comparing, if you want to compare cartoon to live action, which is both similar. Um, um, uh, created yeah. computerized would be like Scar from Lion King was like purple, uh-huh. but Scar from the the new Lion King he looks menacing. Like he he could like mess some people up. <laughs> yeah, like he he looks like the part that you would think of. Yeah, because it make him look like a real lion. <laughs> yeah, no, but like you could tell that he went through some things. Like you see him, you could tell by his face structure or like that walk or that look. Yeah. That he he they the source how they pulled it from the source material from the from the movie is like all right they got it on they got it spot on but with Aladdin they're like all right they're uh, trying to appeal to the like the young girls to be like ooh not only Aladdin looks good but Jafar looks good yeah what I up mean, boy I, I thought I it was well this is my perspective that, on it like, is sorry let me um go ahead. so okay yeah the, the people for, tend to forget one simple fact that Jafar wasn't just some of the villain, he was also a romantic conflict for Aladdin, which means he was trying to get with Jasmine, which obviously Jasmine, this was young. So I guess they didn't want to, that kind of creep factor of getting somebody yeah. who's like older, like, for, like, like 40, late yeah, 40s, like, late to get, 40s, trying, gray to, get hair, some trying to get a little, 20, little young yeah. thing. Like, I guess they wanted like, well, yeah, why don't exactly, we just make the character yeah. more, you know, more appealing. So that way the romantic conflict seems more realistic. Um, so I guess that's the only thing I could get if I'm I'm not a Hollywood producer in that way. So I, that's all I'm guessing they, the thought process they might have gone with it. But um, so that's one. And then we have the one I'm super excited for, which is Brightburn. Oh, I can't wait for this evil Superman. I really, I just, <laughs> I just really hope that's, that's such a good idea. Though. It like, is. It's an amazing idea if you think about it. Because and what I love about it is that his principles technically are almost the same in the sense of he wants the world to be better but there's a difference of somebody who's trying to inspire mankind to do better and force mankind to do better which it looks like that's what in this one he's yeah he's he, he's forcing it by fear force exactly forcing not fear but i'm really kind of worried that the trailer showed the best parts like they keep on showing kind of repeated of the him kind of stalking one victim over and over again the lady in the diner uh Oh, I think it's a lunch lady in the cafeteria. Well, however it is, I just feel I'm just like I'm hoping that's like a super quick role because I want it. I want to see the most out of this character. I don't want to just be like, oh, that's the that's cool. But, that's the one thing. But what trailer. what's good about oh, what is good about that the trailers that they've been releasing is that they never show you what could be his weakness. Like they never show you who either he's battling. Like 
almost all superhero movies, they will release a villain of some sort to yeah, show but- you where you're where the superhero is gonna battle. But this one, they don't. Well, because you just, they just he show doesn't him. have anybody he's battling. Because we don't know that. Well, let's say like this. I think it's actually, if you really consider the idea of what a horror movie is, I think it's a perfect character. Yeah, let's, he's not going to have. I, I mean, I think that he's not going to have a, a, a somebody he's fighting in it. I think that he's just going to be him because if you think about like think about uh, Jason, think about Freddy, they are an indest- like almost an unstoppable force. And that's the overwhelming part about the horror movie. How am I supposed to survive against something like this? So putting Superman in that place is perfect because it's like, again, yeah. if he came against us, how am I supposed to survive over somebody who can fly and destroy like anything with his hands? Exactly. But that's what makes a good horror movie. So I think he's a perfect character to kind of supplement in a horror movie. And I can't wait to go see where they go with it. I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's just dark. I'm just hoping it's super dark. And they don't try to lighten it up because it's kind of a superhero thing. I just hope they go straight dark and make it hard because if they're gonna go for it, might as well go all the way with it. Yeah. Um, so I'm we'll excited about that week. one. We'll definitely um, uh, get about a review wait, about that. Yeah, we're gonna have a review for that one and a lot. And yeah, next well, not one. We have three. Oh, I don't oh know. we have three movies. Oh, yeah, I don't know right, if you guys are gonna more. follow me to all three movies. Oh, yeah, I'll follow you to that one. All right, that's so another. That, Nick, so, I'll follow you anywhere, man. <laughs> I'm, 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 Any I'm, theater you go to, we will follow you. We'll, we'll or Bordor. Let's go. I call Sam. So there's one movie. I don't know if it's. I'm hoping people have heard about it or that it didn't fall too far. In the, I'll in be the honest, radar. I didn't. It's called. Uh, I think it's called uh, Booksmart. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, really consider the idea of um, a female uh, female version of Superbad. Yeah. And pretty much. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I say it like that because that's the easiest way to kind of think about it. But I like it because they did, weren't really trying to make. A female version of Superbad. It looks like its own thing, and I'm really excited about it just because it looks funny, it looks interesting, and I mean, we kind of always need these movies every so often. It's kind of like palate cleansing movies that are just fun to watch. That's it. Yeah, just for the pure enjoyment of watching, exactly. enjoying a movie. Yeah, exactly. It's you don't, like it, like Superbad. You don't have to think about it. You just sit. I could watch that movie. Or 10 before times. that, forty year old virgin. That one too. Yeah. Like though, that type of movie. It's always like. And I, I remember when that movie came out, and I was like. <laughs> Like, not thinking it was going to be the funniest movie. Like, one of the funniest movies I've ever seen is yeah. 40-Year-Old Virgin. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember being in that movie theater just crying. <laughs> <laughs> so, hopefully, it's that funny. I don't it's know. like that. I think I, I think if it's... if who's I don't even know who's producing it, but from the trailer, it looks like it could fo- have a following. Because if it's going to follow almost almost like the formula like Superbad is, like... Teenage angst with yeah. vulgar language that you can actually how teenage acts nowadays. Like what is it, Nick and Nora? Is that Nick, Nick and Nora, Nora Infinite Playlist? Yeah, it could be like one of those. That was a good movie too. Yeah. Playlist is amazing on that one. Oh, yeah. yeah, and it, that's what I'm saying. It looks fun, and then I like it. It's just two girls that not that they they don't seem like they were social outcasts. They just seem well. If they were social outcasts, it seems like in the trailer that they were voluntarily social outcasts. Like. They were so more focused on their future that they didn't care about anything that was going on recent. So I like that kind of change and shift in ideas and stuff like that movie. So those are three movies I cannot wait to check out next week. But uh, now, if you guys are ready, since we all went together, let's discuss John Wick three. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. So do we want to? We want to get? We want to 
throw it on Nikki's now or wait till the no, end? I want to I want to hear your thoughts and then I'll throw my Nikki's. Okay, so I think it was amazing. I think it was an incredible movie. I think um, the action scenes were unique. They weren't just kind of the typical just, you know, slap somebody away and they're down type thing to a certain degree. I felt like even the deaths that were in it were was somewhat unique. Um, somebody described this to me and they were and it was interesting because they kind of uh, had mentioned something about um, how they liked it actually better than Endgame to a certain degree. And I'm like, I thought it was kind of perplexing. It's like, why would you think it was better than that? But the way he referenced it, and uh, I, I thought it was interesting. He goes, man, it took me, what was it? Everybody, if you ask somebody what they liked about Endgame, they could probably tell you about the battle, the big battle, right? Yeah, that took me about an hour to two hours to get to. John Wick, within six minutes, we see an action. Within, like, uh, you know, like. Seconds. Yeah, like, from the begin, the very first, the very first kind of role, we're going to get. Well, Action. that's a cool because at the beginning, it was like, try not to say spoiler, but he was like, all right, there's a countdown. And once you're going with him, like you see like, all right, when this countdown ends, it's going and down. And that's what keeps and on the happened. edge. And I loved it. <laughs> yeah. It made me anticipate like that whole like scene. I'm just like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> like, like yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. Like, what, is he trying to like, like the way through. that they made it seem was like, it's like something like. The is, world is gonna blow up. He's gonna run out the clock, or he's gonna be able to stop it before it ends. Like that's what you're trying to understand, and and it continues yeah. after that to let yeah. you know what happens. I'm. I was really like it was a, it was fun, man. It was just I had loved it. The scenes are great. The the, you could tell there was a lot of love with with the fighting scenes and the gun scenes and like and I like the fact that he did because he did such a great job in the first two movies when it came to like his gunplay. That I'm like thinking they were just gonna follow the suit. No, they went more into different directions with this. They they showed more of his versatility when it comes to let's say knife play or other methodologies that he used. I loved uh, the other characters they introduced to the movie, including Halle Berry's character. Which um, I was thinking about all the other action movies that she did, and I think that they weren't received as well. Because you, so I think one of you guys said says Storm, which that technically that yeah, that, was me. that was not an action movie. It was more of a sci-fi thing. But like, I mean, she did like well, like think about some things. <laughs> well, when I think her of action, I think white. about like as far as uh, oh, for uh, Halle Berry for action. Yeah, like Catwoman. Catwoman. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. So I think that she redeemed herself in this one. She was a, a badass. Bond. bond she, yeah. Wasn't she a short swordfish too? But she didn't have any action. That's something. None of the movies she really had. She was more like eye candy. Those first two. Yeah. So this one, she was she was down to earth. She was grungy. She was. She held her own. She had her own unique thing when it comes to, let's say, the dogs, if you saw the trailer. So um, I thought it was wonderful. I think it was great. And now, it, was it a perfect movie? Unfortunately, I would say no. Um, but it's to the point where I felt like maybe because I loved it so much, I wanted to ignore the things that I noticed I didn't like about it. But uh, just to kind of put all the cards on the table, the only things that I really care for, and for example, so if you haven't seen the trailer, if you watch the cast list of people that are in it, and if you're into really action movies, like, because I love action movies, there's these uh, these two actors. Uh, one, I believe, is Mad Dog. I forgot the other one's name. If you've seen a movie called The uh, The Raid, you'll definitely see them in that. They're very, they're they're one of the most, they're some of the most amazing uh, fighters out there. Uh, and I believe Mad Dog is a choreographer for a lot of the fight scenes as well. Yep. He also choreographed uh, some of the scenes in Force Awakens. Wow. So and he's, he was incredible. In it, yeah. So they they were two some of the most fastest. I would say also fastest fighters. 
Um, so that's the only that led to my that led to my 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 one complaint about the movie yeah. was Ian Rohin. Ian, what is it? Ian Rohin. Ian Rohin. Who was the other one? Because there was two of them that are really Hikaru, Hikori Sanda. No, was that him? That wasn't him. No. But continue it. Um, because I guess their 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 speeds are different. I don't know. Um, and then you know, um, Keanu Reeves might be, have his speed when it comes to this stuff. Was um, you could tell you can see the choreography in some parts where maybe they slowed down to to catch up with him, where you could definitely see they would have done stuff in between his movements. So the choreography started to become very very apparent in some parts of the movie. Um, that was my only pet peeve with it. Other than that, I really was very happy with the storyline, where it went, where it ended. Um, so I'm, I, I was super happy with it. I, I, I'm ready to get my Nikki's, but I'm, I'm going to see what you guys think first. All right. Uh, for me, and one of my, my friends was, uh, sent me a message after we saw the movie. He was, yeah. like, he was like, oh, I saw the movie. What did you think? I'm like, the best way to explain it would be the story arc from the first one to the third one was amazing. Yeah. They, they, anything that was referenced in the first one carried to the second one, which carries still to the third one. And I know we talked about it in the last movie that our worry was that most movies that have a trilogy, they always go down. Like they're significantly dropped on the level of the first two that came up Mm -hmm. prior. This one did not This, I felt stayed to par to the other two. I, I do have a favorite. My fr- the first one is going to be my fr- the, my favorite one out of the three, just because of the emotional aspect you're getting. There was from a most a direct direct argument between two two different people, which it's always easier to to absorb movies, and that's why it makes a better storyline. Yeah. So him and uh, the what was it? The Russian son. Russian, yeah. Well, the Russian, uh, the son, but mostly the father as well. The father, yeah. So uh, that was what I loved about the movie, like how you were saying the story, but not only the story within the movie. But like how I was like with the worry that it carried so well with it. And then my only downfall, and you mentioned it already, was certain scenes, the choreography, the fight choreography felt a little lagging, lacky, like it just lagged a little bit. Like you could have seen them do something between. Them. Yeah. And and maybe it was because of movement wise or the space that were given to work around. It could be. So many scenarios that could have happened, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of scenes with that were amazing at the beginning, even during the middle. And I loved one thing that I loved, and I, and I don't know if people caught it, is that when Halle Berry got a lot of screen time that she deserved for her action scenes. Yeah, and I I was like, well, she deserved it because they were amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And they shared, they, they, I like how they her transitioned. Kind of stole the show a little bit. Yeah, they transitioned during that scene that that she was in that made worthwhile watching her because what is great about it is that like not only he has this skill set but there's other people that that are not against him that are more helping him that also have the same skill set skill set to be a great ally or teammate if it if it comes to it mm-hmm. yeah yeah well, what about you so Ray? i i the movie was great the only the only thing i have and i'm worried about i feel like from the first movie to the third movie, super different. Different, I think but not. Is, I think it's different. So the first movie was more of a revenge type movie, right? Yeah. 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 And the third one is like survival. It's uh, yeah, pretty much. I wanna, okay, I want to compare this 
to the Fast and Furious franchise. How and this dare is you. I know, I know. <laughs> Just hear me out. And this is why I'm a little worried. Yeah. I the first Fast and the Furious is a classic to me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's about you know, it's about the underground, the racing community, the underground, all mm-hmm. this. And then it changed into an action pack. I feel like that might happen to John Wick. <laughs> the first oh, movie a franchise. Yeah. Like the first movie blew us away because of the action, but it wasn't trying. I don't think it was trying to be that type of movie. Okay. Okay. Like the first movie had heart. Like the guy he lost his wife, lost his dog. I they think they were expe- they weren't expecting. I think that's what Ricky's saying. I think they didn't expect to have a two and three. I think they were just doing a one off. Right. Like, this is going to be an amazing movie for what and it, it did so well. well be so like, I'm, I I'm get a worried one. that like like in this movie, like every scene. All right, here's the next action piece. Here's the next action piece. Here's the next action piece. They're going to be too much. They're like, well, he's okay. going to be jumping and, through and the like, roof yeah, of a we gotta, five we gotta... story building <laughs> and landing on his feet. So here's here's where I'm going to put you at ease, or this is my perspective on it. Okay, so just as a reference to this idea that um, this, I was listening to something about in regards to South Park, right? I know it's weird that I'm bringing South Park, but so I was listening to how they write their stories. So I found it interesting because it basically said that they kind of write their stories where everything that, that happens can't be interchangeable. It has to be cause and effect to the next one. So they, they don't write jokes or kind of skits based on, oh, this is going to be fun. Let's just do this. No, it has to lead into the next, has to lead into the next. Right, which Fast and Furious don't really have that. They just kind of have open interpretations. Well, this happened. Oh, no, yeah, because be... they ignored what happened before. I don't kinda, even yeah, think yeah. they care exactly. that it used to be an underground thing. And yes, John Wick does, but... But that's weird, but let me tell you something. But... I'm just saying the heart, I feel, is no, not no, there. No, no, and you're right, the heart, but yeah. it's going to be difficult to bring that up because that storyline kind of already happened, which he got that of revenge in the first one. And the second one was a direct correlation to because he decided to come back for that. Right. That he had to deal with the, the the whole situation with that promise. And because how he handled that, this one correlated. So each one of them, and that's what I loved about this movie, where somebody referenced it. Like, basically, he didn't, they didn't say this all happened because you shot somebody or whatever. If anybody saw part two, this all happened because... Some, because of a dog. Because he, and he broke the rule. Right? Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. They all, yeah. That was correlation to what it is. But yeah. so, somebody goes, oh, so this all started because somebody killed your dog. So that's what I loved about it was, no, that's what I'm saying. You can say that this was his own movie. No, this all had to do back to the beginning where he decided to put his... All story arc. Exactly. Which, that's what I'm saying. And no matter what happens going forward, it's always going to be that thing where it's like cause and correlation. Where this one event, this small little event, Got into something bigger. Got into something like bigger. A ripple effect. Exactly. So it gets bigger and bigger. And I think that's why. But I think that's what Ricky's fear is. Like, yeah, you could go bigger, but don't go bigger in the sense of the Where the just, limitations of what the right could like, do. Like Fast and the Furious. Like these guys went from one building to another and in jumping front, off. Uh, no, Fast and Furious <laughs> completely overreached their situation. You know, and, I, and, and, and I feel like they're gonna they, make they're gonna make John Wick like. Freaking Superman, like yeah, like he 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 won't he will never be able to die, or like oh let's like he got let's throw a missile at him in a in in a house and he'll survive because he was just standing there like something yeah. insane. I mean I don't know I don't know. I'm, one just, thing, no, I'm, but... I'm, I'm worried that this is going to become one of those action films that transported to yeah. This is just like I, honestly, I wish I wish so this far, was the finale. Well, I tell you, and this, this could be the finale. This could not, but. I'm just saying I wish it was like a definite, well, you know like something? this is the last John Wick movie. 
Um, one thing I would say is this. This is one reason why another reason why you should be at ease. Because the whole premise of this whole movie are the action is real in a sense. They shoot a wide angle. Um, they shoot it. You can see everything. So nothing is like CGI'd. Everything is choreographed and done up. And that's why you got the issue with the choreography. That's why I didn't put so much blame on it. Because the way they shoot the choreography of these movies, you see everything. So that's why you saw oh, yeah. even the the things that we were complaining about earlier. So in that aspect, I don't think they're going to go that far. Because if they do, they completely lost all... They have not lost it so far is what I'm saying. Everything has still yeah. been the same action scenes are done. Yeah, well. once again, the movie is still pretty good and uh oh so definitely let's, yeah let's, let's go ahead and uh, throw our numbers out there um i will give it a definitely a four i thought it was a great movie with one little cat i wish the the choreography on the final scenes were a little bit more cleaned up other than that i, I thought it was a great movie i give it a four too same same thing like my that's my issue with some fight scenes could have been cleaned up could have been done a lot better could have been more intricate to what they to what they gave us yeah and but overall it's like a solid four yeah, yeah I'm gonna, for a third in the franchise yeah. gonna give it a four as well because i think the world is still fantastic the world of these assassins and the rules and i love the rules. Uh, i was just like blown away <laughs> by how better they get but i i i fear that um you have a valid fear yeah it's gonna become into something that it's not yeah don't uh, do it, guys. Don't, yeah, don't, don't keep it don't good. And keep if you're gonna continue, just they, keep it realistic. Yeah, if they continue it, which don't. they probably will. Hint, hint. <laughs> just I think there needs to be an ending. I think there's a part where which, Keanu Reeves has to step up and be like, "Let's end it, guys." <laughs> I think I think the if any, I mean I think what what what's left on the table, in a sense, it should I, be. I, it. I think it should be. Yes. If anything, can you say this would be his redemption for the Matrix trilogy? Like how the arc was completely action wise, like, action wise and story because the story, I yeah. love the story in general more than Matrix. Even though Matrix was an amazing movie, I, I love the Matrix. First I love story. the Matrix. The first yeah. one, but <laughs> yeah. then the second one and the third one. I love the second one. The third one's where it just got rough. But I, I think know. he redeemed Even himself with, it, with the three movie like arc. With the three the movie arc, I think that's what his, this was his best one compared when compared to Matrix. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, third definitely, movie, definitely third movie the franchise and and just got just as this is good. So yeah. All right, guys, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to talk about what we did this week. We'll be right back. All right, guys, and we're back. Tony, what did we do this week, man? We did a lot. Well, uh, me and Nick met up with a, a friend of Nick's for a possible event happening in the future. We don't know yet. News will come out that later, but we ate at Chronic Taco and Dr. Phillips. Chronic Taco. Yes. It's it's they just recently opened. Yeah. They just opened probably like a month ago or maybe less than a month. Recently, yeah. And yeah, it's Dr. Phillips by like uh it's the Barnes and Noble area. By or Sand Lake. By Sand Lake, yeah. Yeah. So. By so it's it's Sand Lake by Dr. Phillips, where just down the street from Rocco's Tacos. Gotcha. If you know where Rocco's Tacos is Sand Lake by International, it's across keep, the street. Keep a, f- a little bit further down, it'll be across the street from it. No, it's so, cross the oh, street. it's across the street. Yeah. Oh, okay. You have better memory because <laughs> I'm I'm hardly in that area. Uh, but yeah, we were at Chronic Tacos. I had a steak uh, quesadilla. If you figure it, imagine it. If it was almost like um, ch- ch- chipotle, but I felt the the meat was better. 
Okay. They also have like, Beyond Meat. Oh yeah, which is like vegan meat. Oh, yeah. nice for you vegan guys. For yeah. you give vegan lovers and vegan lovers. <laughs> so it was it was and, cool. And place. they have great salsa selection, hot sauce selection. Mm-hmm. So is which, it is it like a uh, like a moat like that type of restaurant or is yeah. it like a little no, is it a chain or is it, it's a chain? Yeah, it looks like uh, it's a chain. to be one. No, no, it is. It's, it is it, one? It, it's one of them that just opened in Orlando. Okay. I was I was following them and I was looking them. Up. Is it from somewhere else or is it like West Coast? I, I think it's West Coast that moved over. The graffiti it made it seem like West Coast. Yeah, so it's just like a chain. But when you walk in, so it's like a Joe's or a Chipotle. Got Chipotle, it. you just go from left to right, what you want, and then okay. But one of them that I want to try. That Moe's and Chipotle don't have that your friend got was yeah, it was a French fries. It's called like California fries. I, re- I forgot They're, the name. Uh, what's it? What's the name of the place again? Um, chronic Chronic fries. Chronic fries. Yeah. So what they do is they'll take a bowl and they'll put French fries. Oh. And then already sold. And then you get your meat, whatever you meat, and they have a queso, and you can put shredded cheese, and then they melt it. So it's in a bowl, and then on top of that, after that, you can put guac, salsa, beans, pe- and everything on it. Everything, <laughs> beans, everything you want. Oh, just, God. So imagine that. So just imagine instead of like if it was like you know, like nachos but fries. Yep. <laughs> I'm going again to go try that. <laughs> yep. I'm kind of sad that it's closed right now. And but. then Nick had what did you have? I mean, uh, because of my keto, I have to kind of keep it simple. So I just had a regular like a salad bowl. Um, of double steak with uh, with uh, pico de gallo over it. What do you think about the steak? It was good. It was well yeah. cooked. It was like I mean, it was it had a certain seasoning. It's too. different though because most of the time, like when I go to Chipotle, whatever it's it's dry and just come off the oven, so it's like a more dry burn to it. This one was like they soak it in something, so it's wet. Yeah, yeah, I feel like they marinate it for a little bit before they start cooking it. That's awesome. Well, this wasn't even cooked. This was after cooked. They marinate. Oh, they so, marin- oh yeah. I, I didn't see that. So part. it was basically yeah. This is. Describe wise, it was wet after the fact. Oh shoot! Well, yeah. Is so sounds amazing. I would highly recommend if you guys are in the Doctor Phillips area to check out Chronic Tacos. Yep. Uh, I think you can find them on Instagram at Chronic Tacos underscore Orlando. Uh, look them up. I think they have a special going on or something that they posted. But if not, go check them out anyways. Yeah. But other than that, uh, this weekend we went separately. It was MegaCon weekend. MegaCon was from weekend. Thursday to Sunday. Yep. And I know you guys went on Friday. Yeah. And I went today. Just just arrived from about an hour, an hour, maybe a couple hours ago. And loved it. It was a couple. It was been a couple years since I've gone, but it was it's been so three fun. years since I've gone. Yeah, I think I'm like two two yeah. years, but it was amazing. It was good, man. This really year, good. I they had their stuff together, man. Like oh, so organized. <laughs> right, that was the first yeah, time was, I saw. It now you have to go through through the the convention center. They had this one open gate that go from the parking lot goes straight in. Yeah. Now, granted, before we go further, we went to days that are known to be not busy. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Friday was a little Friday. busy, but usually I know th- Thursday was busy. And so I know Saturday was. Yeah, Saturday we did hear that Saturday was super busy. So we yeah. don't know how it was Saturday. So yeah. if you go on a Saturday. Good luck to you. It might be different to you, you know, <laughs> from experience. our experience. Yeah, but I I loved it. So man. our Friday we went and man, it was a blast. We just walked through. We saw a lot of our friends. Like oh, I don't know how many yeah. people I ran into. Nick yeah. was taking pictures. Yeah, the artwork that was out there was amazing. Like I love the cosplay. That's like I just feel like it's a celebration of everything, especially this podcast about just everything. I mean the. 
the people kind of like taking their favorite characters and making their own when they do their 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 cosplay. Um, you know, the artwork and how people interpreted the vision of what they they loved. Um, and my, you know, getting to see certain celebrities. I mean, it was just big. I mean, the back, whole Back to the Future cast was there. The the, the Goonies were there. Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World, which was an epic show for almost all of us, man, growing up. I mean. Yeah, it was I mean, crazy. We were like, oh, we just walked right by Topanga. Oh, man. I was like, <laughs> that was my day right there. I, was I like, have to say you guys were lucky because when I went, I was like, my <laughs> wife was like, are you going to take a photo op? I'm like, if I'm going to take a photo op, it's with Topanga. I don't care who else is there. Yeah. I'm like. She's like, really? I'm like, if you're 14 or 15 or like that yeah, age I mean, when it came out, <laughs> that was your crush. <laughs> That's it. So yeah, that was one of my missed opportunities that who I, who I didn't get to see. But yeah, like just a combination of like what one thing about the cosplay scene that I loved is that a lot of people crossed over different genres or different characters. Like I took a picture of a Darkwing Duck Jedi. Yeah, so the yeah, it was like you would never expect that, and anything like another convention you do, but or Halloween, like some place people cosplay, which is a normal cosplay for everybody, but for people to take that time and effort, right? And at the same time, I met I met up with a lot of friends. I even made new friends through through just talking regular comic book art stuff. And here's the thing I'm gonna say: like, if you're planning on cosplaying, don't. Don't be ashamed if you don't look like the character. Because yeah. that's not what it's about. You're no. dressing up something you're really into. Like, we saw, I don't know, how many different Wolverines, different sizes, different <laughs> colors. Like, it and doesn't that's matter. They, they, and that's they, the great thing about the together about. That's yeah. why I love that they, when they do the, the march of, like, the, the Spider-Mans, the Deadpool. The yeah. Dude. They did, like, a DC Universe meetup. So everybody from the DC Universe. Exactly. Oh, they did a Doctor Who one today, too. Oh. All the Doctor Who's oh. met up today. Sounds like they trash. Did a, they did, like, a huge... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like trash. That's where me and Ricky are always going to differ. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was one of the best things. But other than the cosplays, even the, the, the artist Alley and the exhibitors, the artist Alley was, like... It was awesome. I mean, I so, bought sketches uh, from people and... Yeah, prints. I bought some. That's prints. where it took my money. That's where I was yes. like, well, some of my favorite prints that I saw was uh, from one guy that I bought was uh, his name is uh, Dom- Dominic Glover. He did like the side side profile of that I bought was Deku Alphonse from Full Metal Alchemist. Those are Venom. Clean. Those are super and, clean. Uh, what was the last one that I bought? Deku, Venom, Alphonse, and one more character. I'm trying to remember. But he has like a yellow shape on the outside, and he was telling me the backstory about it because he does cover art. He does a cover page art for Marvel and DC. Wow! So he says that he has a lot of clients that buy large prints of his covers, and their significant spouse. They were like, one customer was like, his wife was complaining that it looks like somebody color vomited on the wall with his art. Like, it's like there's too much colors, too many contrasting colors and shapes and like designs and everything else. So, oh, it was Riku, uh, uh, Ryuk from uh, uh, Death Note. Death Note. No, that's it. Yep. So, he was like, so he had a friend that, so he, check this out. This is the craziest thing. So, he has a friend that's a psychiatrist, and they were talking about this, and she was like, uh, they use the color yellow 
for premature babies uh, to stimulate their thoughts and like um, to get them better sooner. Like mm-hmm. there's a psychological process when they see this warmth color of yellow. Okay. So and then he went back to his art. Uh, art education which with the golden ratio and the Fibonacci sequence mm. so that's why he has that almost like weird triangle shape on the yeah. back so he was saying that you could take any genre you could, like how I did I took anime comic book and you could put them side by side and they look like one cohesive piece doesn't matter if you do all one series like if you do like the whole thing of Rick and Morty uh, just uh, the whole, he had like a whole Spider-Man series or even Star Wars like, it doesn't matter either that or if you inter- interchange them. If you put them by side by side, they look like one cohesive piece because of the design and the Fibonacci sequence. So then he was telling me the day before, a Saturday, that one of, uh, some guy comes up and he bought all his large prints, the bigger ones of the, of the design. And he goes, I don't know what I'm going to do. My wife doesn't like that I buy so many big prints. Mm-hmm. And he was like, listen, what I'll do this, buy them. Take it home. And if your wife does not like them, call me. I will refund your money and you could do whatever you want with those prints. What? Right? So he was like, he was like, I'm like, you did that? He's like, yeah. He was like, I understand the situation because some people have spouses that maybe are not into comic books, or maybe they are, but maybe it's not aesthetically pleasing on the wall how it looks. He was like, I get a call a few hours later, and the wife is like, We're at Hobby Lobby, or I think Michael's buying frames. They look beautiful. <laughs> he goes, I love that. That that made that made his day. Like I feel like that made that would have made my day. Yeah. To take to to be like you to could, take such a big risk. To yeah, but like, even at that, because you know what it is, he trusted he he trusts knew his work. he trusts his work and he know what he put into it and all the work effort he put into it. And he even showed me two of them that he did like a Star Wars, two Star Wars like full body mm-hmm. of uh, Boba Fett and. Darth Vader that is not even on the wall that he has. He just got them. I was almost almost bought them, but I was like, my wife only let me buy a few. I was already <laughs> at my limit at that point. She was like, you know, you need to take all these other things off the wall to put those up. Like, I will. They're worth it. <laughs> yeah, what I got, I got it from an artist named, um, uh, it's Robo7, but his name is John B- uh, Bellotelli? Bellotti. Bellotti. John Bellotti. And they're gonna. I wouldn't put them up on our Instagram and Facebook, but it's Godzilla posters. Oh <laughs> yes, and classic ones. And he was so because I remember we Nick and I walked by and I actually said out loud like I'll be right back. Right? <laughs> yeah, and he quoted, he said yeah. something about them. He came yeah. back. And then when I when I came back, he's like, "Dude, you actually came back." Most people <laughs> tell me they're coming back and they never do. I was like. Oh yeah, I'm coming back. Oh, I don't know. Not only did you come back, we sat, we stood there for a while. Like he, yeah, we away. waited for him. We waited because uh, he went to the bathroom. And I was like, I'm getting these prints because they're awesome. <laughs> did he sign them? Uh, I, I no, I didn't get him to sign one. I should have. I got another frame, and that that artist did sign it. But yeah, yeah. it was a good time, man. MegaCon. I was all, honestly, I was all. it was. I've always like since my my first experience going to MegaCon was pretty bad. And it was just very not organized. And Everything it, was all over the place. Yeah, and now it's a new company, and they're all right. So behind the scenes, with the like the shops and stuff, they're a little shady. Not too. They're but like as a fan, being a fan again and going, it was great. Like I didn't have to worry about anything else. I was like, this is awesome. You know what I like the most? It sounds weird. Like you said, organization is. 
I feel like I'd have, I thought I thought literally my biggest fear the reason I wanted to go on a Friday was lines. I did not want to stand in any lines. I mean that's I hate that. I mean I have to deal with that with Disney and all these different things. So I didn't want to deal with that with this. But we didn't. We had to stand yeah. the same. I mean, line. you we definitely will wait lines if you're getting the autographs. Well, we yeah, did the autograph, it. but that's that's yeah. scheduled lines like that. You're doing that to whatever. Yeah. But this was literally walked up, and the way they had everything kind of organized, you literally felt like you just walked right through. Yeah. Like and once again, right we went on days that weren't really yeah. busy. So Friday and Sunday. Yeah, like maybe, and we went opening a Friday, so Friday is considered to be one of the busiest days. Yeah, but we went as soon as they opened, maybe like <laughs> thirty minutes after, yeah. and it was. Oh no, we got there. Nothing. I got they opened at ten. I got there like closer to twelve. Yeah. So like uh, the bigger lines came in, so we just came in like right at the end of it because when we went in to like activate your badge, it was like empty. So I was right. like, oh, it's great. But once you walk into the exhibitor alley, it was packed. It was packed. But yeah. I was like, it was a great experience because everybody, because when I went to the the first one, well, side note, the last one I went, I was packed, man. We talked about it. Yeah. So this time I went as just. No cosplay, just yeah. me as a fan. The only thing I, I I didn't take away with that Nick did was I didn't take any photos. I I had my camera next to me, mm-hmm. but I was like, today's Sunday, and we have five hours, and it's yeah, huge. you got to do everything. And yeah. I wanted and I wanted to give respect. One thing I told my wife was like, we have next time we go next year, we need to give at least two days because I want to give res- I want to walk through everything. But then I want to give respect to every artist that comes out there that puts their time and effort to what they do and appreciate the work. There were some some of them that we walked by that yeah, we looked. I agree. And then that. we went with another cousin, man, John. He was like, "Oh, I'm back in the uh, I'm I'm at the other uh, alley that you were before or the the lane before. Come meet me here." We go there and we stop. I'm like, "We jo- we passed by this." I'm like, "This is beautiful." I had to buy like a print from this guy. I'm like, "I didn't know how we met. We missed it." And the only reason is because we were just limited to time and it, and it can be like oh if we miss it today i could come tomorrow like no if i miss it today i have to wait till next year so that it was pretty get confusing it's very it's a huge place and it's very and it could be a little intimidating intimidating like it's massive and there's so many vendors so many things that's another thing it go with <laughs> go with a budget if you don't have a budget you're gonna have a good time if you do be very selective be selective or if not wisely, or like, if not, I like to tell you now go Sundays because then they have all their deals because yeah. they don't want to take anything home with them. They want us. They were like buy two get two free. I was like, what? Yeah, Sunday is a good I day to go buy that. things as well. Yeah, but then hey. I think I would. I think if I had a if I had money budget, I would definitely go back and meet people. Meet like. Yeah, I think I think next year we're definitely gonna plan. We're gonna, we're gonna do a group. Let's do a group shot. Yeah, we gotta. We're gonna. We gotta get these days off. We gotta plan. Well, it let's well. plan it out. Um, if you're in South Florida, the next the next big con that's like ours is SuperCon, right? Florida SuperCon. Florida SuperCon that's in Miami? Miami, yep. Yeah, that. So if you're. Next month in June. And then after that, it's a Tampa Comic Con. Yeah, those are the big, the next big ones in Florida. Yeah. So if you want to have that MegaCon experience, the next one will be this uh, Florida SuperCon, which is, I think, is just as big or bigger? No, I think it, it's it falls, just as big. It's right? second to the. Okay. Yeah. So it's and a good. Well, the last time I went was like a year and a half, two years ago. I went to MegaCon three. Last SuperCon was two, and in comparison to three and two years, MegaCon just outgrew it. Outgrew yeah. it. So now with this new company taking over, and it, it was it was four hundred thousand square feet. This yeah. facility they they took over. And that's the, another thing. MegaCon used to be so small, and it was in the mm-hmm. worst part of the convention. 
It was just like, ugh. It was was on the second floor or something. Yeah. This one's like on the ground level. Like, they took over everything. Yeah, this one's... So, Florida Supercon was as big, but in the past few years, I feel that they've grown because their guests... You could tell when a con is getting better, depending on how big their guest list gets. Like, if you're able to get Goonies, Back to the Future, Boy Meets World... Shazam. Shazam. <laughs> yeah. Smallville. David yeah. Tennant. David, David Tennant, Tennant. To come in. And, st- and they technically, they did have Jason Momoa at one point. But. They had Jason Momoa. <laughs> they had uh, Billy Piper from Doctor Who. Yeah. They had um, the guy that played uh, uh, Hellboy that he backed out. The original to. Wonder Woman? The original. No, she was there. She was there? Yeah, yeah she, she was, was there. there she end. was there Friday. Oh, okay. No, she canceled. No, no, she didn't cancel. It was only three or four that canceled last minute. But to be able to get that type of caliber of artist to come in, you tell you could tell how many people are expected to be there. No, yeah, that's that's how how I feel like. Oh, they're growing, or their their expectation of how many attendees they're gonna get is yeah, based they, on their on on their guest list. Yeah, and the comic book artists and writers that they brought in were top. Oh, well, there was Neil, the Neil top, Adams. Yeah, there was some of the top DC. They had. Two of the most potential upcoming writers. They had Tom King and Donny Cates. Donny Cates. Donny Cates is Marvel and Tom, Tom King. King is DC yeah. right now. And Which I just missed him. Yeah, they're just like the highest of their <laughs> fields right now. So and that's and that's one of my missed opportunities. If I could have, if I could say anything, my three missed opportunities was Topanga. I have to say that one more time. Tom <laughs> King and Mitch uh, Regrads. Re, yeah. uh, re, uh, Girads. Yeah, mine was Jason David Frank. Like. I really wanted to. <laughs> I was so close, but yeah. What was it? He had rescheduled at five o'clock. Yeah, he rescheduled it, and it was the price went up. I was just like, ah. But I, I did meet the Yellow Ranger though. I met oh, yeah. uh, the second Yellow Ranger, so Aisha, uh, Karen Ashley. So she was really nice. My uh, friend of mine was uh, like her handler. handler. And I, I went to go say hi to him, but, you know, she, he was right next to her. And he's like, oh, hey, this is. You know who I met? <laughs> who was, which is funny. I met the handler of the stormtrooper to our wedding. She was, she was, she was one of the exhibit, exhibitors for the 501 Legion. So I'm like, you look familiar. She's like, I'm like, were you at my wedding? She was like, yeah, <laughs> I remember you guys. How you guys been? I'm like, great. And then the stormtrooper was there, but he was doing like a. Uh, talking to some people about some questions that they had, and I was yeah. like, "It's just so funny." Did, oh, did you get to meet uh, um, uh, Bruce Leroy? Yeah, my cousin took a picture with him. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Leroy. I, I was like, "Bruce Leroy." My cousin goes like, "What?" He was right there. He was like, "No way." Last dragon. Yeah. He goes, "Here's here's my money. I want your photo." <laughs> he didn't waste any time. Like I think before he bought his kids anything, he was like, "I'm gonna take this photo." I was like, "Yeah, I think it was that quick." Wow, the guy's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, he was super cool. We were talking to him. And the only thing I was like, yeah, thank you for my childhood. That's, that's all I told him. He was like, you're welcome. And then the other guy behind me was like, you know what? Thank me. Thank you, too, for my childhood. <laughs> it was yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. When I was, Nick can tell you, I was super starstruck just meeting, like, <laughs> uh, Aisha or yeah. Karen. Because yeah. I was like, oh, my God. She's the... Power, the yellow Power Ranger from the Power Ranger movie. Like, yeah. I was like, holy crap. Like, when I was young, I was like, I want like... to meet you, but I was definitely scared. <laughs> but I did. I shook her hand and it was, it was fun. I, I wish I had money to get an autograph and stuff, but I was like, I, I, I need think, to say it. And yeah, that's what it is. You get starstruck or you just like appreciate for 
Yeah, because a lot of like Last Dragon affected my life. Yeah. Not to major sense, but to the point to the, like I could pinpoint when the first time I saw it, and I could still watch it today with the same enjoyment like I did the first time I watched it again. Right. And you know one thing? I mean, you could appreciate this too because me and you kind of when before you moved to Boston, you lived around right next to me in New York. That movie always makes me feel at home because it was shot in our neighborhood. Yeah. Right. Like that pizza shop existed right underneath my building. Um, where the club supposedly was was like this kind of power power plant whatever that was uh, between me and Tony's apartments. So it was that whole movie was basically shot within a couple blocks of where so we live. Every time I see it, I remember exactly. my, I remember my childhood. Yeah. Basically. Like literally. <laughs> yeah, and that's literally. why sometimes I really thank you for my childhood because if any time I want to see a movie that reminds me of like where I grew up, I just have to watch that movie because everything <laughs> was filmed within those like blocks, 10, yeah. 12 blocks. That's awesome. It was amazing. All right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap this episode up. Um, yeah. Once again, please uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And also, please review, rate, review, subscribe on all our uh, podcast. Uh, Instagram, anything. Anything. So let us know how we're doing. If you like us, show us the love. If not, let us know what we could do to improve. Because we're always, we're always here to, yeah, to, make it, to make it enjoyable for you guys to come back every week. Yeah. Yep, so we're on uh, iTunes Podcast, we're on Spotify, we're on Podbeam, we're on Sketcher, and yeah, so thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week here at Nerds in the City.